0: book one chapter seventeen of the adventures of gil bias of santillane by alain rene lesage translated by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain book one chapter seventeen the measures gil bias took after the adventure of the ready-furnished lodging after the first transports of my grief were over, I began to consider that instead of giving way to remorse, I ought rather to bear up against my ill fate. I summoned back my resolution, and by way of comfort, said to myself as I was dressing, I am still in luck, that the knaves have not carried off my clothes, and what little money I had in my pocket. I gave them some credit for being so considerate. They had even been generous enough to leave me my boots, which I parted with to the landlord, for a third of their cost. At last I sallied out of the ready-furnished lodging, unencumbered, heaven be praised, with baggage or attendance. The first thing I did was to go and see if my mules were still at the inn where we alighted the evening before. It was not to be supposed that ambrose would have neglected a due attention to them, and it would have been well for me if I had always taken such exact measure of his character. I learned that he had not waited for the morning, but had been careful to fetch them by overnight. Under these circumstances, satisfied I should never see them again any more than my portmanteau, I walked sulkily along the streets, musing on the future plans i should adopt i was tempted to go back to burgos and once more have recourse to donna mencia but regarding this as an abuse of that lady's goodness and being aware moreover what a fool i should look like i thought it best to forego that idea i made a vow too for the future to be on my guard against women i could have sent the chaste susanna to the house of correction from time to time my ring caught my eye it was a present from camilla and i was ready to burst with anguish alas thought i i am no judge of jewellery but i shall be by experience of these hucksters who exchange without a robbery i need not go to a jeweller to be told i am an ass i can see my own face in my ruby yet i did not neglect to know the truth respecting the value of my ring and showed it to a lapidary who rated it at three ducats. At such an estimate, though as much as I expected, I made a formal surrender to the devil of the Philippine Isles, the governor and his niece, or rather I only restored his own subjects to their lawful sovereign. As I was going out of the lapidary shop, a young fellow brushed by me, and on looking round made a full stop. I could not recollect his name at first, though his features were perfectly familiar to me how now gil said he are you ashamed of an old acquaintance or have two years so altered the son of nunez the barber that you do not know him do not you recollect fabrizio townsman and schoolfellow how often have we kept before dr Godinez upon universals and metaphysics these words did not flow so fast as my recollection and we embraced with mutual good-will well my friend resumed he i am overjoyed to meet with you Words fall short, but how is this? Why, you look like, as heaven is my judge, you are dressed like a grandee. A gentleman's sword, silk stockings, a velvet doublet and cloak, embroidered with silver. Plague, take it, this is getting on in the world with a vengeance. I will lay a wager you are in with some old moneyed harridan. You reckon without your host, said I, my affairs are not so prosperous as you imagine." that will not do for me replied he i know better things but you have a mind to be close and that fine ruby on your finger master gil whence comes that if i may be so bold it comes quoth i from an infernal jade fabrizio my dear fabrizio far from being point quint and catorze with the ladies of valladolid you are to know my friend that i am their complete bubble I uttered these last words so ruefully that Fabrizio saw plainly that some trick had been played upon me. He was anxious to learn why I was out of humour with the lovely sex. I had no difficulty in satisfying his curiosity, but as the story was a long one, and besides we had no mind to part in a hurry, we went into a coffee-shop to be a little more at ease. There I recounted to him during breakfast all that had happened to me since my departure from Oviedo my adventures he thought whimsical enough and testifying his sympathy in my present uneasy circumstances added we must make the best my good lad of all our misfortunes in this life is a man of parts in distress he waits patiently for better luck such an one as cicero truly observes never suffers himself to be humbled so low as to forget that he is a man by my own part that is just my character in or out of favour there is no sinking me i always float on the surface of ill-luck for example i was in love with a girl of some family at oviedo and was beloved by her in return i asked her of her father in marriage he refused many a young fellow would have died of grief but no mark my spirit i carried off the little baggage she was lively heedless and coquettish pleasure consequently was always uppermost to the prejudice of duty i took her with me for six months backwards and forwards about galicia thence adopting my taste for travelling she had a mind to go to portugal but in other company more food for despair yet i did not give in under the weight of this new affliction but improving on menelaus thought myself much obliged to the paris who had whispered in the ear of my helen for ridding me of a bad bargain I therefore determined to keep the peace. After that, not finding it convenient to return to the Asturias and balance accounts with justice, I went forward into the kingdom of Leon, spending between one town and another all the loose cash remaining from the rape of my Indian princess, for we had both of us bird our fingers at our departure from Oviedo i got to palencia with a solitary ducat out of which i was obliged to buy a pair of shoes the remainder would not go far my situation became rather perplexing i began already to be reduced to short allowance something must be done i resolved to go out to service my first place was with a woollen draper in a large way whose son was a lad of wit and fashion here was a complete antidote to fasting but then there was a little awkwardness. The father ordered me to dog the son. The son begged my assistance in imposing on the father. It was necessary to take one side or other. Entreaties sound more musical than commands, and my taste for music got me turned out of doors. The next service I entered into was with an old painter, who undertook as a matter of favour to teach me the principles of his art. But he was so busy in feeding me with knowledge that he forgot to give me any meat. This neglect of substance foreshadowed disgusted me with my abode at Palencia. I came to Valladolid, where, by the greatest good luck in the world, I was hired by a governor of the hospital. I am with him still, and delighted with my quarters. My master, Signor Manuel Ordinez, is a man of profound piety. He always walks with his eyes cast downwards, and a large rosary in his hand. They say that from his early youth, having been a close inspector of the poor, he has interested himself in their affairs with unwearied zeal. Charity draws down a blessing on the charitable. Everything has prospered with him. What a favourite of heaven! The more he does for the poor, the richer he grows. As Fabrizio was going on in this manner, I interrupted him. It is well you are satisfied with your lot, but between ourselves surely you might play your part better in the world do not you believe it gil replied he be assured that for a man of my temper a more agreeable situation could not possibly have been devised the trade of a lackey is toilsome to be sure for a poor creature but for a lad of spirit it is all enchantment a superior genius when he gets a service does not go about it like a lumpish simpleton he enters into a family as viceroy over the master not as an inferior minister he begins by measuring the length of his employer's foot by lending himself to his weaknesses he gains his confidence and ends with leading him by the nose such has been my plan of operation at the governor's i knew the pilgrim at once by his staff his wish was for an earthly canonization i pretended to believe him to be the saint he wished to be taken for Hypocrisy costs nothing. Nay, I went further, for I took pattern by him, and playing the same part before him which he played before others, I out-cousined the cousiner, and by degrees got to be major-domo. I am in hope some day or other under his wing to have the fingering of the poor's box. It may bring a blessing upon me as well as another, for I have caught the flame from him, and already feel deeply for the interests of charity these are fine hopes my dear fabrizio replied i and i congratulate you upon them for my part i am determined on my first plan i shall straightway convert my embroidered suit into a cassock repaired to salamanca and there enlisting under the banner of the university fulfil the sacred duties of a tutor a fine scheme exclaimed fabrizio a pleasant conceit what madness at your age to turn pedant are you aware you stupid fellow what you take upon yourself by that choice as soon as you are settled all the house will be upon the watch your most trivial actions will be minutely sifted you will lead a life of incessant constraint you must set yourself off with a counterfeit outside and affect to entertain a double set of the cardinal virtues in your bosom you will not have a moment to bestow on pleasure the everlasting censor of your pupil your days will pass in teaching grammar and administering saintly reprehension when he shall say or do anything against decorum after so much labour and confinement what will be your reward if the little gentleman is a pickle they will lay all the blame on your bad management and you will be kicked out of the family it may be without your stipend do not tell me then of a tutor's employment it is worse than a cure of souls but talk as much as you will about a lackey's occupation that is a sinecure and pledges you to nothing suppose one's master not to be immaculate a servant of superior genius will flatter his vices and not unfrequently turn them to account a footman lives at his ease in a good family after having ate and drank his fill he goes to bed peaceably without troubling himself who pays the bills i should never have done my dear fellow pursued he were i to enumerate all the advantages of service trust me gilblat discard for ever your foolish wish of being a tutor and follow my example so be it but fabrizio replied i governors like yours are not to be met with every day and if resolved to go to service i should like at least to get a good situation oh you are in the right said he and that shall be my concern i will get you a comfortable place if it were only to snatch a fine fellow from the jaws of the university the near approach of poverty with which i was threatened and fabrizio's apparent good case having more weight with me than his arguments i determined to wear a livery on which we sallied forth from the tavern and my townsman said i am going to introduce you to a man to whom most of the servants resort when they are on the ramble he has eavesdroppers about him to pick up all that passes in families he knows at once where the servants are going away and keeps a correct register not only of vacant places but of vacant masters with their good and bad properties the fellow has been a friar in some convent or other in short he it was who got me my place while we were conversing about so singular an office of intelligence the son of nunez the barber took me into a street which had no thoroughfare we went into a mean house where we found a man about fifty writing at a table we wished him good-day with quite as much humility as became us but whether it was from natural pride or that from a habit of seeing none but lackeys and coachmen he had got a trick of receiving his company with an easy freedom without rising from his seat he just gave a slight nod he seemed surprised that a young man in embroidered velvet should want a place he had rather expected me to have wanted a servant however he was not kept long in doubt since fabrizio said at once signor arias de londona give me leave to introduce one of my best friends he is a youth of good connections whom adverse circumstances have reduced to the necessity of going to service have the goodness to provide for him handsomely and you may trust to his gratitude gentlemen replied arius coolly this is the way with you all before you are settled you make the finest promises in the world but afterwards lord help us your memories are very short the deuce replied Fabrizio, why you do not complain of me have not i done the thing genteelly you ought to have done it much better rejoined arius your place is better than a clerk in a public office and you paid me as if i had courted you upon a poor author here i interfered and told master arius that to convince him i was not a shabby fellow i would make my acknowledgments beforehand at the same time taking out two ducats with an assurance of not stopping there if he got me into a good berth he seemed to like my mode of dealing there are said he some very good places vacant i will give you a list of them and you shall take your choice with these words he put on his spectacles opened a register on the table turned over a few of the leaves and began reading to this effect captain turbellino wants a footman a hasty hair-brained humoursome chap scolds incessantly swears kicks his servants and very often cripples them go on to the next cried i at this picture such a captain will never do for me my sprightliness made arius smile and he went on with his catalogue thus donna manuela de sandoval a superannuated dowager peevish and fantastical is in want at this very time she keeps but one and him never for four-and-twenty hours there has been a livery in the house for these ten years which fits every newcomer, whether tall or short they only just try it on so that it is as good as new though it has had two thousand owners dr alvar fanez wants a journeyman an eminent member of the faculty he boards his family very handsomely has everything comfortable about him and gives very high wages. But he is a little too fond of experiments. When he gets a parcel of bad drugs, which happens very often, there is a pretty quick succession of new servants. Oh, I do not in the least doubt it, interrupted Fabrizio, with a hoarse laugh. Upon my word, you give me a fine character of your customers. Patience, said Arius de Londona. We have not yet got to the end. There is variety enough. Thereupon he continued to read on donna alphonsa de solis an old devotee who lives two-thirds of her time at church and always keeps her servant at her apron-string has been in want for these three weeks the licentiate Sedillo, an old prebendary of the chapter here turned away his servant yesterday evening halt there signor arius de londona cried fabrizio at that passage we will stick to the church the licentiate Sedillo is one of my master's friends and i am very well acquainted with him I know he has for his housekeeper an old hypocrite called Dame Jacinta, who is complete mistress of the family. It is one of the best houses in Valladolid, a very idle life and plenty of excellent meat and drink. Besides, his reverence is an old, gouty infirm man, likely soon to make his will. There is a legacy to be looked after. That is a delightful prospect for one of our cloth, Gil added he, turning round to me, let us lose no time, my friend, but go immediately to the licentiate's house. I will introduce you myself and give you a character. At these words, for fear of missing such an opportunity, we took a hasty leave of Signor Arius, who assured me, for my money, that if I failed here, he would do something as good for me elsewhere. End of Book One, Chapter Seventeen.